This podcast is made possible by the generous support of listeners like you. Learn more at nypl.org slash podcast. And to make sure you never miss an episode, find us and subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. Welcome to the New York Public Library podcast, where each week we bring you conversations with world-renowned authors, artists, and thinkers recorded in front of a live audience in New York City. This week, musician, performer, and host of RuPaul's Drag Race, RuPaul, sashays onto our stage to celebrate the recent release of his seventh studio album, Realness. In a wildly entertaining and thought-provoking conversation, the cultural icon talks to NYPL's Paul Holdengraber about success, performance, all things drag, and beyond. Very sweet. Thank you. Thank you there. Thank you. Lovely, lovely, lovely. Wonderful. It's so good to be here because, you know, I love a library, you know, as we all know. <laughs> Reading is what? That's right. <laughs> no, it's true. No, it's really good. And I think the only time I've ever been here before, I went to a party here once. And, uh, but I've never actually been, other than that, been in the library. Isn't that crazy? The library, though, is open. The library is open. That's right. And, uh, and uh, uh, Paul, do you want to talk about reading? Yes, I would. I, uh, actually, I would like to talk about phenomenology. No. Um. No, it's just funny, you know, because this is the thing. You know, when you're, when you're having a discussion with someone, you know, when the audience changes the pH balance of it. And myself, being a performer, you know, of course, I'm going to perform for the back rows, darling. You know, so... It's, it's hard to, for, to get the kind of intimacy. The way he's sitting, you know, he's, he's, he's poised to get really intimate, right? But the thing is, for me to get... The <laughs> thing is, you know, with an audience, it's hard to get intimate with an audience oh, there, you we know. Can you know. We can try. No, I can try. I can fake it, and, you know. <laughs> I'll, try, I'll, I'll make it seem like... I'm being very candid and very open with you. I really will. I will. No, it's true. You've, you've said, it strikes me, that you, you don't like interviews. I do not like interviews. I, I'm out of luck. No, no, I can do it. I definitely do it. It's just that, you know, I am really an introvert. Honestly, I really am. I, f I can fake, I can do the, you know, the, the hustle and flow and the shuffle and all that. But the truth is, you know, when someone's asking me a bunch of questions, you know, interrogating, you know, it's, it's, it's unnerving. And most people, I don't know if most people get interviewed in, in this way. Maybe for a job interview, but not for where you're going. So your mother, um... <laughs> She was a prostitute, right? <laughs> yes. You know what I mean? So, you know. Um. Yeah. But, you know, I, he, was, he was getting very, he was very, before he was like, well, we're going to talk about this and we're going to, I'm like, let's not talk, let's just get out there and do it. And, you know, it's just going to happen. I always think of being on stage as like being people in my living room, you know, when I was a kid growing up. And, you know, it was just performing. And that's, that's how I get up on stage, is to think of them as family members and that they love you and there's nothing you can do that will be wrong to them, you know. And so we keep it intimate. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, 
I, I asked you on the phone, I mean, I, I believe very much uh, that improvisation is something you prepare to a point. You prepare slightly. Improv I, I, yeah, uh-huh. Mm. Wait, say it again slower, though. Improvisation is something I prepare. No, it's something you prepare to a point. Yes. So that you look natural, mm. but in effect... Natural. Pro. I've never heard that word before. Uh, natural. Well, you know, my, my, my accent is... A, no, it's not the accent. It's just that I don't believe in anything natural. I love everything... Artificial. Yeah. I love artificial. In fact, actually, I need a napkin. Uh, do you have an, uh, uh, a feminine? Anybody? I just need a napkin because I'm, I'm starting to sweat already. Um, you, you'll, um, Jason, you'll get me a napkin. See, it's like a living room. It's just like you're at my house. You've got questions. <laughs> well, I, maybe I, instead of a question, I, uh -huh. I should tell you a reading your, your, your seven words, mm -hmm. um, it reminded me of a wonderful quotation of Oscar Wilde that I want to read to you and want you to react to. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, and uh, what came to my mind is this. Be yourself everyone else is already taken. Mm -hmm. One of my favorites. I love it. I love it. That's, that's fa fantastic. What do you love about it? Well, first of all, that it's from Oscar Wilde, who's so fabulous. You think about all the great minds uh, who've come uh, before us, and he's definitely one of the ones uh, that comes to mind. So smart, so witty. He just embodies what the sort of... It's, it's not even the gay aesthetic anymore. Thank you, darling. It's not even the gay aesthetic. It's the aesthetic of, of people who, under, who, have, who have pressed the proverbial Google Earth button and looked at the Earth and go, ah, I get it. I get what this whole thing is. And it's another way to put it is, if this were a stage play and you and I are performing and playing our parts, to be able to press pause and, keep, and you know, we freeze like this, in midst, and I'd be able to go out there and look at it and go, oh, I understand what my role is. I understand what my character is. I know what this play, where it's going. And he has, Oscar Wilde, the kind of mind that understands the bigger picture. And, th and that's what being born naked and the rest is drag and understanding what your role is, is all about. That's what I get from it, you know. And that's so important. Once you get off that stage, see yourself as a construct, then you could have a party. That's when you can have some fun. And that's why RuPaul's Drag Race is so much fun to do, because we show a new generation of kids that Oscar Wilde uh, way of, of looking at life. You know, another line I, I love of his, I wonder if you know it, he says, it is only superficial people who do not judge by appearance. See, I've got to, wait a minute, I've got to stop you there, because Anytime you put the word not in a sentence with me, my brain goes, <laughs> it's, it's, it's good that you tell me this at the beginning. No, I, I, I've always had that issue with numbers or the word not. Okay, say it again, say it again. It, it is only superficial people 
who do not judge by appearance. Do you guys know what I mean? <laughs> you know, I've always, I've always had a problem with it. Do you guys have a problem with that? Yeah. You know what? Let's move right along. But, but no? fix this. Yeah. Wait a minute. Somebody who's smart, can you fix the sentence? Can make it pause? Like, what? Um, superficial people are the least judgmental. Oh! <laughs> superficial. Yes. Yes. I got it. I got it. We yeah. have just done something extraordinary at the New York Public well, Library, which is improved Oscar Wilde. <laughs> it is extraordinary. I mean, it's, you know, this is a historic moment. It is a historic isn't moment. It? <laughs> no, but that's the thing is, you know, in going, going to school, growing up and stuff, I was never really good in school, but I was a, clearly a smart kid, but it was the way they were teaching. If they, if they just shifted, if they just painted the walls a nicer color. If they did something, I could learn it. And what, you know, what she did there was like, you could, oh, got it, got it. You know what I'm saying? So it's, it's interesting. But people like us, we've had to make adjustments. I'm sure Oscar Wilde feels the same way. You have to make adjustments to what the audience can stand. You know what I mean? But I love that. I love, I love what he said. It's great. It's better. <laughs> I, I want to go back in time a little bit. Oh, God. Uh, oh, dear. But... You have said that Oprah saved your life. Right, yeah. <laughs> Not Jesus, right. Oprah. Yeah. 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 Well, How I, so? Well, you know, listen, a lot of people have saved my life. This is the thing. Okay, this is it. You know, when you are a super sensitive person, when you are someone who, who can see both from being on stage, metaphorically speaking here again, and see life from that direction and see the whole Google Earth, remember all that I said before, when you have that ability, it's very easy to become disillusioned and bitter and to say, you know what, this effing sucks. You can say the you whole. I, but I'm not going to because it's actually nastier when you don't say it. Oh, okay. okay. I love, I really, I love to cuss. I really do. But I found, I do a podcast. I'm going to do a lot of um, product placement. <laughs> I, I will be, throughout this talk, I will be doing a lot of product placement. So be prepared. <laughs> be prepared. But, you know, um, uh, uh, a lot of people have saved my life over the years. And I will take from whoever can get me to that next level phase to get me out of bed. In fact, the other day on Turner Classic Movies, one of my favorite movies was on, uh, and it's a, a Night of the Iguana, and it's, it's that one scene where Deborah Carr's character um, saves Richard Burton's character from the long uh, swim to China, so to speak, you know, saves his life and calms him down, and she, she talks about her blue demons, and she, and, and she says, I, I, I'll do whatever I can to outsmart it, to outlast it, to just persevere. And so with Oprah or Jesus or chocolate or whatever you can get your hands on. It's quite the trinity. It really is. <laughs> whatever, whatever I can get my hands on to get through, the, especially being a sensitive person, whatever you can get your hands on, I'm all for it. So Oprah, right on, man, right on. You know, um, when you, when you say a, a, a sensitive person, one of, I think in the last 10 years, 
you must be the first person I spoke to before going on stage, who, when we spoke yesterday on the phone, you said to me, it seemed out of the blue to me, you said, when's your birthday? I'm November 17th. No, you asked me. Oh, I asked you. No, 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 no. And I, I like that. And I told you that it had been two days before, the Ides of March, beware, beware of the Ides of March. And you said, I love how 15th of March sounds. And I said, I'm a Pisces. And you said, I know. And then I asked you why. But why would it be important to you to know? I mean, you had asked me before where I had acquired this accent and where I was from. But why would knowing my astrological sign matter at all? Uh, you know what? It's, it's a ploy to get you to talk more, to get to a sense of your rhythm, to see who you are. I'm always gathering clues. I'm always looking to see, first of all, where the exit is. <laughs> and One, two. Yeah. And, also, um, you know, being, being a, a Scorpio, I am very, I'm very controlling, so I'm actually gathering information to use in my, for, for, for myself, and also to use against you if I have to. I'm, I'm just keeping it real, okay? He asked me, he asked me the question, yeah. and I'm going to just keep it real. And so, um, uh, uh, and during all that time, I thought you were trying to get to know me more deeply. I, I, wait, no, I am. I am. That's part of it, too. That is part of it, too. No, it is. It is. I have, am naturally inquisitive. I want it. People are interesting to me. Likewise. And, um, yeah, and, and also I want to know if we were compatible. I, I wanted to know if, if we were going to make pretty babies up here on stage. <laughs> Let's start. Anyway, um... <laughs> I, I, I fear reading this to you because it's, it's a five-line quotation. Um, Enough it, with the quotation. I know. My God. I know. And it, 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 may be, it may be a mistake. No, just it, say no, it. No, it may be a mistake, but it came to my mind as I woke up this morning mm -hmm. that your seven words and your being in the world reminded me of a work of literature that I very much love, Virginia Woolf's Room of One's Own. And there's five lines which I'm going to read to you and just have you react. Okay. <laughs> so, in your, in your autobiography, uh -huh. Letting It All Hang Out, you write about the creation of your drag persona. No, this is not... Was that it? No. No? This was, this was, not, this was not the quotation. Mm. This is it. Um, forgive me. No. I went, <laughs> I, I went on an amateurishly to sketch a plan of the soul so that in, in each of us two powers preside, one male, one female. And in the man's brain, the man predominates over the woman. And in the woman's brain the woman predominates over the man. The normal and comfortable state of being is that when the two lives in harmony together spiritually are cooperating. If, if one is a man, still the woman part of his brain must have effect. 
and a woman also must have intercourse with a man in her. Coleridge perhaps meant this when he said that a great mind is androgynous. It is when this fusion takes place that the mind is fully fertilized and uses all its faculties. Perhaps a mind that is purely masculine cannot create any more than a mind that is purely feminine. I did I write that? No, no. I didn't write that. No, 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 no. You, you, you did. You, yeah. no, no. Like, you, God damn, I'm good. How about shit? You, you're, you're good in other ways. Yeah, yeah. But no, no, no. That is Virginia Woolf. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. I was like, damn, I am good. Uh. <laughs> no, no. You know, I tell you, the reason that is great is, is this reason. In this world we live in, and you know this in your soul, um, there's, there are positive forces and negative forces. A, a battery, ACDC, that's how things get propelled and electricity works. To have both elements happening at once is when you are fully functioning on this planet. That's, that's what, I didn't make this stuff up, that's what it is. So when you see a culture of men who, who, who are afraid of being... Um, of showing any type of femininity at all. And there, it's there. It's not like, you know, it, it doesn't exist there. It's in everyone. It's in everyone. Um, it's, it's very sad. And you see, you know, you see guys, you know, with the swagger walking down the street, like, you know, doing this thing, you know. And you realize that they are so afraid. They're, they're, they're putting on this affectation that is, um, really just says how afraid they are. And I feel so I feel bad for, for them. I feel bad for anyone who doesn't allow their full, fully functioning electrical charges to work in, uh, in, in together like that, you know? Why do you think it is they don't allow it? Because, because to really let your wings fly, and there are two wings to fly like that, you have to, you have, it takes a lot, it's a lot of responsibility. To, be, to show your God self, to show your, your full capacity, which is unlimited, um, it takes a lot of responsibility and you have to be accountable for yourself. You have to, um, uh, you have to be present. And most people aren't. Most people live on this side of the stage, going back to that metaphor, and think they are the characters they're playing up here. When this is just, this is just a play that we're in. It's not till you go out there and, and can do both you know, that, that's when it's so really you can, happening. you can play and you can see yourself playing. Yes, yes. You, that's what drag is all about. Drag is making, for, really, drag is making fun, is mocking identity. And the thing is, the pe reason drag has always been up against culture, in our culture, isn't because of the gay thing. It has more to do with uh, the fact that it's making fun of identity. It's that people don't trust, the ego doesn't trust drag because it's making fun of it and rightfully so we are making fun of the ego and that's why it's so important we are making fun of identity because the shapeshifter you know we said look now i'm now I'm a man now i'm a woman now i'm you know whatever i'm this and that and you being able to do that scares people and people want to label you they want they want to feel secure they want to like me asking you when's your birthday I, i'm trying to get 
facts down of like who you are so I can hold on to something. When the truth is, it really doesn't matter. You have to be in the moment and whatever you are right now is what is important. It's not, you know, when you were born and all that stuff. You know. I feel um, that to a large extent one, one worries about this because one is afraid of being vulnerable, mm -hmm. one is afraid of opening up, one is afraid of touching other people and being touched. I mean, we have these metaphors that mean something yeah. and we spend so much time you know, on these machines davening in the street. Mm -hmm. um, not, not looking at people, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. trying to look at you as much as I possibly can. Yeah. Um, to, come, uh, to come back to, to the earlier point I didn't make in your, in, your, in, in, in your autobiography, this, you did write, this isn't Virginia Woolf, this is, you write, the decision to become a full-time blonde came... <laughs> No, but just imagine that for a moment that is Virginia Woolf. <laughs> See, it's another label. Virginia Woolf, RuPaul, I mean, it's all... So, um, the decision to become, I repeat, a full-time blonde came from my desire to create a cartoon character image that could be easily identified as a brand. From my collection of pop culture influences, I added two parts, Diana Ross, a pinch of Bugs Bunny, <laughs> two heaping spoonfuls of Dolly Parton, <laughs> a dash of Joseph Campbell, and three parts share. <laughs> it, it worked, I, wore, I worked. Now, I'd like to go through at least a couple of those ingredients. Um, let's look at the first one. If we could pull up video number three. Oh my goodness, so much, so much. You know, I remember uh, that time and I remember myself in the garage of my house uh, in San Diego by myself lip syncing that very song, just trying to emulate the joy and the ecstasy that she was all, the, listen, the other two girls were fantastic. They were fantastic. <laughs> but Diana, Diana has had it. it. She had, she it. had that Thing, that thing that cannot be described, still has it, you know, and um, uh, 
at that time, this is 1965, 66, you know, I, I become in, uh, the promise, the, the optimism that her body language has at that point and the songs, the optimism of the songs and the joy, it's all there. And that's why I was attracted to it. And at that time, you know... Uh, Which for, is, how old are you then? I'm in 65, 66. I'm like five or six, somewhere in there. Um, uh, I can figure out... I can figure this out very right. easily. But see, I'm November. Exactly the same yeah, age. but see, I'm November, you're March. I'm a bit older. Yeah, yes. So, <laughs> but you know, at that time for brown-skinned people, um, it was Diana Ross and, and Bill Cosby were the two people mm. who were rep, who could be in a room with all, with anybody in the world. They could be there, and it, was, it didn't seem like, oh my God, who are you? Well, Sammy Davis too, Sammy Davis too. But um, uh, it, was, it was important, it was important. And she spoke to me, the, view, the, the voice, everything about it was just fantastic. Can we pull up image number eight? Ah, I love Sammy. Uh, Sammy died the same day that um, uh, Kermit the Frog died. It, it was, it was, it was, it was, I remember feeling so awful that day. Uh, Jim Henson, when Jim Henson died. Same day as Sammy Davis Jr. Did you know that? I don't, yeah. but I do now. Yeah. I, I, I don't. But, but you had mentioned to me how much you, you loved the Rat Pack. I, well, I loved the post-war... 50s, 60s, this, the optimism, everything was possible. Everything was possible. People were breaking shit down. And I love that. I love the freedom there. Look at him. He looks so happy. <laughs> I know. It just, it just makes one want to be right there. Well, you know. Um, I don't know what we're going to say. Well, what, what, you, what you know is you can have that right now. That's, that's why these images and the music is so important because as a witch, as a, as a conjurer, you, can, you need these images, you need the music, whatever it takes to get you out of bed. You can have that right now. And this is what we talked about earlier. Whatever I can get my hands on to, to navigate myself, I'm a very sensitive person. I have to have positive people around me. I have to know what the spell is to, you know, to get me back on track because I could very easily get distracted by it. So some people bring you down. Well, the world, it, the positive negative, the one we're talking about, if I focus too much on the negative, it, I, can, I can feel that. My mother said to me, Rue, you are too GD sensitive. She said that to me, I was five years old at the time. <laughs> And, uh, you know, and it, she was uh, right. I just got it. I didn't know what GD... Yes, I just... Yes. Ah, okay, yeah. She was, she was but, trying to protect but, me yeah, from, you know... But she probably felt that... She probably wouldn't have wanted to trade you in for a less sensitive model. No, no I totally chose her for the reason... The reason I'm sitting here today is because of the, the sort of uh, chutzpah and sort of, you know, F-U uh, attitude that she had because I, I couldn't have done it. But I had to have the other part too. So, you know, in life, if you want to propel yourself forward, you have to have both those negative... You have to be Beauty and the Beast. You have to be Barry Gordy and Diana Ross. You have to be... You have to be Sunny and Cher. You follow, let the church say amen. Yeah. <laughs> 
And if you know what I'm talking about, this is what, remember the battery propels you forward. You have to have both. And you have to keep, stay around people who aren't too much of this or too much of that. You have to keep a balance. You have it's to keep moving. Balance. You have to keep moving. Yeah. It, having, regulating that balance is the perfect I just thing. love the, the, I mean, the, the fact that you use the word chutzpah. Um, the best definition I ever heard of chutzpah is a boy kills his mother and father and goes in front of the judge and the judge is about to sentence him and he says, judge, please have mercy on me. I'm an orphan. That is Woodspot. <laughs> why, why, why Joseph Campbell? Uh, because this is, this is the thing. You know, little kid, too sensitive, too, too GD sensitive, did, obviously didn't fit in. I thought, okay, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm smart. I can figure out how society and the social works. I can figure this out. So I studied people, the way that behavior, the earth, everything, and how it related, how I could fit in here. I took one look at what the results were, and I thought, there's no way I want to fit into what they're doing. But having studied this, having studied this, I, I, I understood that there were elements, like a chemistry, a scientific, there are elements. Joseph Campbell is, is part of that because of, again, the Google Earth button, where you understand what humans are, what the ascended masters have said about this. Uh, Jesus, Buddha, and Krishna, and, and all these other people have, un have, have unlocked what it is we're doing here. So the Joseph Campbell part of this, I have to remember that this is a construct. Not take it too seriously. Have fun with it. If you can avoid people who are at war or doing crazy things, run around them, but don't get involved with that because there's no winning. You cannot win, there's no win. They're just wrapped up in that. So the Joseph Campbell part of it, as well as the Diana Ross, the Stevie, the Kermit, the Fro, all of it are elements of what we are. We're not separate from one another. You're sitting there, I'm sitting here, but the truth is, we are not separate. We are actually one thing of one mind. And that's what you have, I have to remember. I have to, and that's why Joseph Campbell, that's why Dolly Parton, who is, Dolly Parton's character is Pollyanna, who again, Pollyanna is an ascended master. Because she knows about, this. she knows about, this. I'm going to get Vaclamp talking about this. She knows about the darkness. She's not a dummy. She has chosen no, told, yeah. to see the light. That's what she is. Yes. Yes, is. And um, I mean, what, what, what strikes me is that the, the, the models are people who are not acidulated, people who are What's not... What's that mean, acidulated? Who, who are, sorry, who are uh, drink Drano in the morning, you know, are, are, are bitter. Uh-huh, um, uh-huh, you, you right. Know, Oh, there's enough of that. The, yeah. There's enough. I, there's enough of that. I don't need to add that to the mix. I need to remember the, the mission statement that you come to this planet to do, which is, there's no wrong way to do it, but I've chosen. There's I, a better way to do I, it. I've chosen. I want to laugh. I want to have fun. I, want, I don't want to get involved with, I've done the other. I have done the other, the other stuff. And it, it revisits me at times, you know. 
uh, throughout the day. But I want to focus on up there. I want to focus on going up there. Sort of reminds me of the song that Ella Fitzgerald performed so well. Accentuate the positive, sure. eliminate the negative, and don't mess with Mr. In-Between. Um, image number seven, another ingredient. Oh, wow, look at that. Wow. Wow, look at that. You know, Bob Mackey told me that he, in his book, he didn't use this picture, which this, is the, this was on the cover of Time magazine. He learned that after he put a, his book out, um, he used a picture of this with someone holding the Time magazine cover. Because rather than have to pay the license for the Time magazine, if you hold, if, if it's a showing hands holding it, that's its own picture. But I will remember this. Yeah, this is yeah. important. So, so he, that's how he got around having to pay the license for this, because obviously Bob Mackey made this world-famous dress that was on the cover of Time magazine and Cher. And Cher is there because Cher, it's almost like disciples or mythological creatures, because what she represents is the rebel. And, and let me just back up a little bit. Pop stars exist because we need them to project our fantasy onto. You know, when you're 11 years old, it's hard to articulate your feelings, but it's easy to point at a picture and go, that, that's how I feel, like her, that's it, right there. And as you get older, you can articulate your feelings and you don't need the pop stars anymore. You, it's like a, a, a rocket with a fuselage that needs the fuselage to propel it into space atmosphere. But after you get to space, the fuselage breaks off and you don't need it anymore. And this is how uh, I've used my pop stars over the years with David Bowie and Cher and Diana and, you know, the only pop star today that I still hang on to, that I hold on to for dear life, is Judge Judy. <laughs> and, and, uh, And you know, um, this is all so new to me. You, you knew this. I mean, I, I discovered Judge Judy through you. Oh, really? Really? So um, I'm, I'm leaving. <laughs> really? Yeah, Judge Judy? I mean, I mean, oh, maybe. What have you been doing with your life? I know. <laughs> okay. I, I feel like maybe I should lie down. Oh, and, my you know, you know, God. Judge Judy is, she is, first of all, the idea that someone who is, who is a justice, uh, who is a, a, you know, who adjudicates, is named Judy. <laughs> it was, she was born, it was her life. She, uh, she is, she, Judy, Judith, Judith, Judicate. I really do, I love her. And you know, this is the thing. Okay, and this, this goes back to pressing the pause button on a stage, that we're all in this stage, pressing the pause button and uh, walking off and seeing what the, the facade, the, the play, the, you know. Judge Judy represents pausing that button and saying, you know what, let me break it down for you. <laughs> that's what she, that's why, that's why even though I've, had, I've met all the pop stars, I've met Judge Judy, all that stuff, I still hold on to her because she still has something 
for me to use to propel me forward. forward. She is the she is the real. She's the realness. I have a new album called Realness out. I want you each to go and get it. It's really good. It's re it's really good. I, actually, you know what? I'm still listening to it like crazy. I, sw I swear to God, I am. But that's Judge Judy. Share. My sisters, when I was, I think it was 1967, I remember. My sisters, my, I have two sisters who are twins who are seven years older than me, and they were the world to me. I just, just drank in everything they said with music and pop culture. They're twins, so, you know, to twin, twin girls is like a na one nation under a groove, you know what I mean? <laughs> they've got everything going on, everything. So smart, they turn me on to so many things. Um, they told me when I was six or seven that Cher never wore dresses. She only wore pants. It was not true. It was not true. But they told me that. So in my mind, I thought, and in 67, that was like so rebellious to do that. And because every, you had to wear, you had to wear dresses if you were, and I thought, wow, this woman, she only wears pants? You know, it's, it's, I thought it was outrageous. So I was, I immediately was drawn to her. And then as I got deeper in her, it, she, she represented that darkness. She's dark, she's dark lady. She represented that dark, rebellious spirit that, um, um, that, 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 you know, appealed to me. And that's why I said about pop stars. Pop stars are like, um, it's like the relationship uh, between a, a, the movie screen and a film projector. Uh, if the lights go on and you go up to the movie screen, you go, oh my God, this is made out of paper and it's dirty and there's a hole in it right there. And that, so you realize that when you uncover what it really is, you realize that the most important part of the relationship is Not the film, yeah. is the film projector, yeah. is, which is you. You project your fantasy onto it. So lights go down, that's when the magic and the fantasy happens. So you, meet, you get to meet your pop stars, which um, I do not recommend. <laughs> and because you realize the f you want to keep that fantasy there. Ultimately, you build the musculature to, to keep both. You keep the fantasy and the, you, the reality of they're just human beings. But the most important part of that is you projecting your fantasy onto, onto that screen. But it seems that, I mean, Judge Judy con continues in your life to, to be important, but it seems that you, you continue to, to have, whether they are pop stars or other stars that have a huge influence and importance in your life, whilst for other people, it would seem from what you said, it, it stops at a certain age when you no longer need them quite as much. Well, you know, the pops, I don't think it stops for other people. I think that they either, you know, they decide, oh my God, I love Sarah Palin so much, you know, or they decide a politician or an idea, or sort of a, maybe a conservative idea is what they're gonna hitch their wagon to. You know, I think people always use imagery and ideas to propel them forward. You know, years ago, um, I used to take a lot of acid. Um, yeah, I, I've, yeah. I, had a, uh, and acid, I had a lot of heartburn. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and it was always interesting to see which, which of the people you, you dropped with were gonna freak out and which people were cool with it, right? I never freaked out because I lived 
here in the, the make-believe world and out there in the audience to, to, to know the mechanisms of what we're doing. So it didn't freak me out when I, metaphorically speaking, looked behind the curtain and said, you're the wizard, you know? And that's what, that's why a lot of people still need this, this, this ideal, not maybe a pop star, but an ideal to be the thing that they hold on to uh, to get them through this life. And they have to believe in it. I have to believe in that. I live in a world where it's both. They're here, both, and I have to be comfortable with both, you know? Another ingredient that wasn't mentioned in this list. I'd like us to look at an ingredient that matters to you very much. If you could look at video number two. And so, as a blessed beaver, you are to be stoned to death. Look, I've had a lovely supper, and all I said to my wife was, that piece of halibut was good enough for Jehovah. Yes, for me! He said it again! Did you hear him? Are there any women here today? <laughs> Very well. By virtue of the authority vested in me. <laughs> oh, Leo, we haven't started yet. Come on. Who threw that? Who threw that stone? Come on. Sorry, I thought we started. Go to the back. Oh, dear. Always one, isn't there? Now, where were we? Look, I don't think it ought to be blasphemy. Just saying Jehovah. Making it worse for yourself? Making it worse? How could it be worse? Jehovah, Jehovah, Jehovah. I'm warning you, if you say Jehovah once more, right, who threw that? Come on, who threw that? Was it you? Yes. Right. Well, you did say Jehovah. Now look, no one is to stone anyone until I blow this whistle. Do you understand? Even, and I want to make this absolutely clear, even if they do say Jehovah. <laughs> Oh, God, I it love still, it. It still makes you laugh just as much. It's, it's, but you, you, you told me it was one of those great moments. Yeah, you know what? I was, I, I was in San Diego uh, as a kid, and I thought I'd fallen from outer space and that there was, weren't anyone out. My tribe, I was looking for my tribe, and it wasn't until I found them on PBS that I found my tribe. And I thought, my people exist. They're out there, and I have to go. I have to leave San Diego and I have to go and find them. And this, it was huge for me. It was huge to find this irreverence and sense of humor. You know, my sisters, my older sisters had, but you know, they were still like, oh my God, boys, I, you know, all that. And all this. But this was, this is where my head was at, you know, at 11 years old, 12. Because, because it was a connection for you between drag and satire? No, 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 it, no, it had everything to do with, again, stage, 
offstage, reality, fantasy, living in both places, and having other people who understood how absurd all of this was. It's like when I, first time I saw Annie Hall, and uh, he, um, he's walking down the street, and he says to some passerby, and says, are you having a weird experience? Did you, is this strange to you too? And they go, well, actually it is strange. They break the fourth wall, right? Yeah, yeah. And that is the experience I'm looking, I was looking for from other people. I was looking for people to break this fourth wall and I couldn't find it until I found them. And that was so brilliant because I knew that my tribe existed somewhere and that I had to leave this San Diego to go and find them. And I did eventually find my tribe of people who, who were irreverent, who understood that there was a fourth wall and that you can successfully live between the two worlds, you know? When, what moment do you recall where you truly offended someone? Offended? Yeah. Oh my goodness, offended. Yeah. You know what, uh, I was, my, 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 I was doing really terribly in school and my sister Renetta, who is one of the twins, who's my soul sister, you know, she and I have always been close. She said, look, I'm gonna, you need to move in with me and um, go to a different school, change wherever you, you were. And I was angry, I didn't want to do it. And my mother knew it was the best thing for me to do and she said, no, Rue, you go. And I remember saying to her, um, I remember saying that, uh, I said to her, I, my mother, I hate you. And I, I didn't mean it. She knew I didn't mean it. But the look on her face, I, I, it's haunted me ever since. And it ultimately was the best thing that ever happened to me. Because my sister Renetta then took me to move to, to Atlanta, Georgia with her husband and her. And I got a completely, it was my bar mitzvah, basically, you know. <laughs> I got to have a completely different life. I became a man. I, I, it's true. I did. I was, I was asking also because, you know, this notion of knowing it's a joke and that we're all just playing a game. Yeah. You're playing the person who is being interviewed I'm playing the person who is interviewing. Mm -hmm. And here we are doing that. Yep. And we have a certain luxury in being able to sort of look at ourselves looking at the situation. But in some sense, it isn't a luxury that is given to all, or do you think so? I, it's, it's there. I think people, like my friends who I used to drop acid with, they, pe most people are afraid to look through a beyond the looking glass. Most people are, are afraid to go there because they're afraid that they'll find out that this, like in the, the movie, which I love, the, the Truman Show, or in you know, movies that show you, that, or the, the Matrix, where you get to see that this is all a fantasy. You know? Some people can live in both places. Most people cannot, and, and they, that's fine. And you, and you think they choose not to? I get uh, the red pill or the blue pill. You know? so if you've taken the red pill, sometimes you think, gee, I wish I hadn't. You know? the, 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 the fruit of knowledge and, and ignorance is bliss kind of thing. You know? um, but uh, if you do take the red pill, you have to also um, learn how to regulate your feelings and to navigate 
in, in that world. Ignorance is bliss, and I heard you say earlier on, you know, knowledge is power. Yes. So they both go together. And we have this notion, I mean, to use a bit of a highfalutin term, this notion of a staged authenticity. We create a, a way of being in the world. Yeah. I want yeah. to show you a, a moment I love discovering. If we could look at Mean Miss Charles, video five. Yeah, she's smart. Why you got the stuff still on through? You got that focus on me? No. Turn that shit off. Hey, <laughs> got you. I just want to get some for prosperity, Ma. I got your price and your ass too. Go to cut that shit off. Sky, rule. My mom, when I was in San Diego, I did a television really? special. My, my mother and my nephew Scotty doing the, bubble she pack. was passing on to him the bubble ritual. And, and as we're in the mind of passing on, and that's from the special I did it called The Ghetto Homecoming that'll be on the air next week in this time spot. It's RuPaul. Oh, we have time for one call before we go back, but do tune in next week for my television special called RuPaul, Ghetto. A Ghetto Homecoming Ghetto for Homecoming. a kinder and gentler Idiot. ghetto. That was a scene from with my mom and my nephew Scotty. So we have time for one, one call, just one, one phone call. call. Line one. Are we, are, are we taping? Are we rolling We're on. We're on the air. Um, how are you? Hello? Are you there? I don't hear anything. We're having technical difficulties. Wait a minute. technical difficulties. Is the caller there? Hello, you're on the air. You're talking with Rupra. Paul, how long did it take you to grow that mustache? I've never seen you with one before. It took, uh, it's in all long, in my book long. called RuPaul, your, your Guide to Natural Beauty. It's actually just a little something I put on my face, but it represents the inner beauty that I feel that is inside of me. And that's why it's important for everybody watching tonight to, to think of yourself as more than just a skin and bones. Think of yourself as an entity. I've been reading lots of Shirley MacLaine books where she talks about, you know, you're in this body for just a short amount of time and you should have fun with it. This is, this makes me feel real Frenchy. You know, um, I have some little Frenchy, uh, you know, dirt water blood and a little geechy, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. It all brings me closer to myself. <laughs> okay, well. You didn't meet well, you. Oh my God, wow. Wow. There was a, that was a lot of stuff my, from my mother. That scene, I have not seen that footage. I swear, I probably have not seen that footage in 20 years, honestly. 20 and, years. And how, and what? It's, it, I, all of, yes, all of that. <laughs> yes, all of that. It was, um, she was such a firecracker. You got to see. Oh, uh, incredible. I yeah. mean, you know, her language is so colorful. She, yes. <laughs> she was this woman, she, her family was from southern Louisiana, from uh, St. Martinsville, Louisiana, and they were um, this Creole, weird pocket of culture that she spoke French and just wild and she was world weary she was she was a she had a broken heart her whole life and so she but uh, I learned so much about not caring what other people said about me from her you know because she's like and I've said it in all my songs uh, where she <laughs> I said in Sissy That Walk I say mama said um, 
if they ain't paying your bills, pay them bitches no mind. <laughs> yeah, and that's true. That is true. And then, and the then next, the show. And then the show. That show was the American Music Show, which uh, when I was, I was about 20 years old in Atlanta, working for my brother-in-law, and I was watching Public Access, and I saw that show come on. I said, "My tribe, that is my tribe." So I wrote them a letter, and with my phone number on it, the, the, one it, the kid had zoomed in on, uh, standing up, he called me and said, come be on the show. And th uh, that's where my career really started, was on the, a public access show called the American Music Show. Are you nostalgic for it? I am very nostalgic for it. It seems like yesterday, and here I am, um, uh, you know, We've got this amazing show. Uh, the, actually, the people from Logo are here. Uh, we've got this amazing show, RuPaul's Drag Race. Give them a big round of applause. <laughs> Which we, which today it we looks learned, quite different. Well, it's yeah. different, but the same. In that, you know, today we learned that we got picked up for an eighth season of this. TV show. And honestly, that's, that, is, that show there was where my career started. I, I started doing that show in uh, 82, 81, something like that. And then that's, that's where it started. And then, um, uh, you know, but it's the same philosophy. You see I'm talking about yeah. understanding what this and what, is. What do you say about the mustache Frenchie? Did I? Uh, yeah. yeah. What, what, what? No, this is the thing. Even as a kid, I would wear whatever. I had no judgment. Boy, girl, it doesn't matter. It's like, it, this, is, this whole thing is a play. So when you're in a play, you get to put, wear whatever you want, no judgment. And if there are people who are judging you, go to another play. <laughs> over there, somewhere over there. And that's what this was. That's where they were. And that's where I could... Uh, and that's what our, our show is. We show so many different, uh, different genres, not just of drag, but of people who, against all odds, have decided, yes, Frenchie mustache, absolutely. But what does that mean? It, it doesn't have any meaning. It oh. means that I... It means that whatever toys or colors or whatever you want to play with kids, do whatever you want to do so long as you don't hurt anybody else, we're fine. So go, play, do your thing. Frenchie mustache, sure. You want a, a dot in the middle of your head? Right on. You know, whatever. Just don't hurt the other kids. It's from um, the, the musical Hair. It's like, you know. Maybe one more hero. Okay. Image number six, if we could. Ah, That's great. That's... That's, in two, that's at Sundance in 2000. I narrated the, um, her documentary that uh, my partners in crime, the World of Wonder guys, Randy Barbado and, and Fenton Bailey, directed this documentary called The Eyes of Tammy Faye. And yes, it's good. And we mentioned, we mentioned Pollyanna earlier. This, she's another ascended master. She understood that she understood the darkness. She understood what her husband was doing. She understood everything, but she chose to look on the bright side. In fact, I'm gonna get choked up when I talk about her because she appeared in my dream about two years ago, and she said to me, in this dream, she said, 
focus on people's innocence through not their guilt. Focus and being a Scorpio, I'm I'm a very controlling. You know, the, the drag en- enables me to lighten up, but I'm I get way too heavy, too much. You know, and that's why the, the stage. I mean, that's why it's important for me to remember the two things to not take things seriously. But she appeared and said, "Focus on people's innocence, not their guilt," because and that is such an ascended point of view. Because she's reminding me. This is not to be taken seriously. So she, she said, in, in, in a sense, if we re- replace the word innocence by goodness. Sure, yes, um, goodness. Or, 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 you know, an, another word that doesn't get a good rap in our culture because it makes people feel that this quality is weak, is kindness. Oh, my God, absolutely. And you know, it, when, you, when you think of the origin of the word kind which simply means to be of kin. Yeah, yeah, there's only one of us here. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And she's just a lovely, lovely person. In fact, you know, atop my list of human virtues is kindness. That's number one for me. Really? Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, You could be dumb as a bucket of rocks. (laughs) I swear, you could, you really could be. But if you're a kind person, yeah, you're, we, we're, we're cool. Absolutely. She's just lovely. Look at her. Look at her nails. <laughs> oh, there's so, so much more, but um, maybe we'll, we'll take a quick look at image five. Oh, I just think look it's at so that. amazing. Wow. How did that come about? Uh, it was just, you know, um, we, this is... Uh, we, on the red carpet, actually, we had they they ran over and told me that they had come to one of my nightclub gigs in Seattle, but got there like three hours too late. <laughs> <laughs> and so they were really happy to see me because um, because they had planned on coming to see me. But uh, you know, they, three three hours too late. So you know, here they are, and they look at and you could see how. <laughs> I was surprised. I didn't. I had no idea they were, you know, you know, fans or anything. But after that, they appeared on my Christmas special. And this this has happened quite often that you you because I, I'll I'll relay a little anecdote to you. Yesterday, I was meeting the the director of the Royal Library of Oslo in Norway, and she was leaving back today to Oslo. And when I told her that you were coming tomorrow, she nearly changed her reservation. Aww. So. I love that. I, I, I love the two. Oh, it's great. It's great. I love the two, but how come? I, you how know, come? I mean, I, you, I mean, she was lovely, but very Nordic. Well, this is, well. <laughs> well. You know, as, as. As I did with uh, Monty Python, when you find your tribe, when you find people who get both sides the, beyond the, the you know, fourth wall, you, you want to, you gravitate toward them because you, you, you're, you're, you're kind, you know? In fact, you know, uh, in May 16th and 17th, right before the finale of our show in Los Angeles, we have, uh, a convention of our kind, and it's called RuPaul's Drag Con. If you love Comic Con, 
if you, if you like Comic-Con, you're going to love RuPaul's Drag Con. <laughs> and what we're doing is we have a, this convention with all of our kind, not just drag, it's all people who dance to the beat of a different drummer are converging from around the world, because the show is around the world, converging on Los Angeles at this time, so book your tickets today. <laughs> yeah, and, and... It will culminate what in they, what they it's May 16th and 17th. It's a weekend in downtown Los Angeles. And then on that Tuesday is when we have our finale. And it's open to the public. So the public can, well, for a nominal fee, <laughs> can, <laughs> you get to come and watch us crown our uh, season seven winner of RuPaul's Drag Race. Yeah, yeah. So... Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Oh, it, 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 well, it, it was just, it was very, very surprising to, to just see the extraordinary reach. I would never have known that. See, it doesn't surprise yeah. me, though, because of, I'm going back to the stage yeah. analogy. You, are, you want to find your kind. In fact, the people who are drawn here, we are our kind. So if you can do anything before you leave here is, you know, try to meet someone else here, get their email or just, but you need your kind, you need to be in touch because these are the people who will uh, be your, the Sonny to your share, you know? <laughs> they will be the Barry Gordy to your Diana Ross because you need the, the both. You need someone who can say, girl, girl, you know what? Don't wear that or, or girl, you look fierce or girl, I just love everything about you. I just, I just you, you, you know what? You are everything to I me. Just, <laughs> I just love you. I, 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 you know what? I am believing you. It's the truth. Well, I'm believing you. you I am feeling better and better because and better. It is, because it is the truth. I just want to mention, the, the book Animal Farm is, my, is one of my favorites. You because mentioned that, yeah. It talks about the fact that we forget. We forget. That's what humans do. They say, why, why do we have a revolution in the first place? I can't even remember. You need friends to say... Is you, that what the Animal Farm says? Yes, yes they say it just like yeah. that. You, yeah. need, <laughs> you need friends who are going to remind you of who you are. You go out there and you knock them dead because you are a winner, baby! <laughs> Yes, you are. You are. You are the power that created this universe. And don't you ever forget it. And if you ever forget it, you better get somebody over here to remind you. You better get somebody over here to remind you. That's that, and, that, and they just go back to RuPaul's Drag Race. That's why people love the show. It is all, the show is a reality show about the tenacity of the human spirit. That no matter what, you, that, that, that lotus flower has to bloom. It says, say, here I am. People say, oh, you, you, you must think you white or something. You can't be coming over this head. And boys and girls, uh-uh, honey, uh-uh. No, I, I'm doing it. And I don't care what you have to say about it. I'm doing it. Let the church say amen. And let the church say amen. It's true. I didn't come up with this. It's true. Sheer and utter freedom. Did you just say Sheena already done had her? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you said, oh, you said sheer and utter freedom. I did. <laughs> I swear.
swear, I swear, I thought he said she the already in the air. Well, this is, this is, you know, but this is how dialogue is possible. Yes, because, yes. Because we, we mishear all the right time. Right on. Yes, yes. Sheer and utter freedom. Well, that's how I speak. Uh-huh. Sheer and um, freedom. Another moment I loved is, let's look at video seven, if okay. we could. You're very compliant. That was 21 years ago. God Can you damn believe it. that? Yeah, I mean, wow. You look good. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it was great. The, uh, he, I was doing something in LA, and I, Randy Barbado called me and said, Okay, are you sitting down? I said, Yes. He said, Elton John wants to do a duet with you. And I just screamed. I was in this, I was running around the hotel screaming. It was crazy. And then the double blow was that uh, a few days later when I spoke with Elton, he said, oh, and by the way, producing the track will be Giorgio Moroder. And I just hit the roof because, you know, growing up with loving Donna Summer, loving all that stuff, and of course, Giorgio produced all that stuff. It was crazy. Then, the third part of this, he said, oh, by the way, we're going to be recording this down in Atlanta, Georgia, which is where I had started out. In fact, we recorded that song a mile from where I went to high school. How crazy. Now, if you need proof that this is a play that's fake, there's a, it's all another. And you know what? I created this dream. You are, you're dreaming right now? You created this. This is you. This is all you. 
Everybody here, you are the architect of your dream. So be careful of what you think about, negative and positive, because you are witches, Stevie Nicks. You're a witch! You're a witch! You're a witch, and you're a witch, and you're a witch, and you're a witch, and you're a witch! You created it. Elton John. Elton John. David, uh, uh, Giorgio Marud, Marode, Atlanta, Georgia. What? So why, 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 why were you so excited? <laughs> because you know what? And my mother had told me this uh, from a kid. You know what? She said it's in the book too. She said before she was had the, the baby. She said um, they said Tony, what are you going to call the kid? And she said his name is going to be called. RuPaul Andre Charles, and um, because he is a motherfucking star. There, I said it. This is before I was born. This is before. His name is going to be RuPaul Andre Charles because he is a motherfucking star. And she sent it out into the universe, and guess what? Let, let, let me try. <laughs> no, you're doing great. Oh. You're doing great. I'm, you know, I really am trying my best. No, you're doing great. Just a tiny bit of unpleasantness. Um, really? Just, just a tiny bit. I, I wonder what your reaction was to um, Dolce & Gabbana. That um, Elton John. For, do you, you know, do you... people say all kinds of things. You know, and, and you, you know, people say all kinds of things. But I don't go to them. For, I go to them for shoes and for clothes. I don't go to them for a way to, as my gurus of, on life. You know, I mean, everybody. Listen, this, I've learned this about human beings. Human beings say say a lot of different things. And um, just like Tammy Faye, focus on a person's innocence, not their guilt, and you'll be a happier person. You absolutely will. And we, listen, if you... But it's not, it, there are times, obviously, and it was such a time for, for Elton John, I imagine, where it isn't easy to, to focus on... It's never, it's not easy. Nobody said it was going to be easy. This is where you have to draw from the depths of your existence. Now, nobody said it was going to be easy. There are times in this life where you will have to pull up some of the biggest conjurations, spells, whatever you can to hold on to dear life. Just like in, in the Night of the Iguana where she says, oh, mm, the, re mm, the way mm, I was able right. to overcome my blue demon was by persevering, by digging my feet in and staying, staying deep into my foundation, which is I'm coming from a place of love. I'm going to focus on your innocence. I'm not going to focus on your guilt. Because if you want to focus on guilt, you can find it. Easily. You can, easily, easily. But you, you won't be happy. You, you've said that this is a golden age of drag. It is. It is. Yeah. Uh, because socially and cult culturally, we're open. We're open right now. And I've seen in my lifetime that window, it does close. It's cyclical. But enjoy it now. Buy you a synthetic wig. <laughs> Get you a pair. Get you a pair of cha-cha heels. Get your driver's license. 
and hit the road, baby, because let's do it. But it's, it's cyclical. It's like season. It's, you know, but we've had a very big run, long run. It's been seven years on this show. It's, it seems to not be stopping, but, you know, I'm old enough to know to do it now because yeah, I yeah, thought, we thought yeah. disco was going to yeah. last forever, honestly. <laughs> do, you, do, you, do you think it has become mainstream? No, it will never become mainstream. And, and I, going back to the analogy of the fourth wall, because it breaks the fourth wall, and most people are involved in the facade of, um, hello, how are you? And, 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 you know, it's funny, my father used to, um, I hear him talking, he said, oh yeah, so-and-so got a job over at the at the post office, oh yeah, they got good benefits over there. Yes, and I'm thinking to myself, I have been on Hollywood Square. <laughs> Does that mean anything to you people? <laughs> P- post office, Hollywood Squares. I mean, come on. So, you know, but you know, people, you know, they don't know. I just. Uh, <laughs> I just have to focus on his innocence, I guess. Let's look at, in, in sequence, let, let's look at video eight and nine. Oh, God. From Glamazonian Airways. If you drink enough alcohol, you can fly anywhere. <laughs> and you don't need a plane. If you want to stay safe, you got to do what mama says. There's a man on the wing of the plane. It's a woman. It's a man. I believe they call them drag queens. <laughs> just seen. <laughs> you have just seen the example I keep going back to of breaking that fourth wall. Yeah. We have seen it in, in, in full technicolor. Uh, it's the embodiment of this idea of a, of, a, of a way of life, of a philosophy that is, this is all a dream. This is a dream you're having, but it's up to your it's up to you whether this is a dream or a nightmare, whether this is a good dream or it's a nightmare. And these are courageous, beautiful souls who have decided, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to take the bohemian philosophy to the umpteenth degree. And we believe in love, in beauty, in joy, in kindness, in colors, all of them, all of them. And that is how I'm going to spend my time in this stream, because you know, with the Alan but, Watts, but, but, yeah, but but what, Alan Watts. Let me not interrupt Alan Watts. 
you know, he's not, these philosophers are, are basically vessels of an idea that has been around forever, which is um, this dream, if you're the architect of this dream, you can decide whatever you want to be, no judgment. Just know that when you wake up, you'll be fine. So if you have the, the possibility, if you have the ability to go to sleep, and to say, I'm going to be a princess. I'm going to be, I'm going to be a, a, a pirate. R, matey. I'm going to do. I'm, I can, can impersonate it. anyone. Yes. That's could, it. That's it. You can do whatever you want. Now, these creatures they have really decided, do, yeah. I'm going to do it within a, a dream, within a dream. And I'm going to do it, no judgment. And no matter what anybody says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to live my life. Because I must say, um, when, I, when I started on the RuPaul journey, um, this was staggering. Oh, don't tell me you're going to become a drag queen now. Right? <laughs> you, you, oh my God! Oh my God! <laughs> Jesus, see, you know, now it's what all you, coming together now. <laughs> I know why you asked me here. <laughs> That's funny. Oh, well, we'll talk more later. Um, <laughs> As we, as we slowly wrap I know, up. we've been here forever. No, no, not forever. Oh I, I, it shouldn't feel that way to you. No. Um, let's look at video number 11, if we could. Benja la creme. <laughs> Waiter, there's a fly on my runway. <laughs> Be afraid. Yes. Be very afraid. Yes. I'm just buzzing down the runway, feeling the fantasy. She's got some fly choreography. Yeah, she's the fly girl. <laughs> mm -hmm. She bugging. Wow, God, I love that show so much. It is so amazing. I love this show. It's you so just great. So much fun. It is so uh -huh. much fun on every level. I mean, in the production of it, in in putting it together, the challenges, and then when we meet the girls, having seen their auditions uh, for months, finally meeting them, it's it is heaven because it's meeting our kind. It is meeting. The people, the d people who dance to the beat of a different drummer. And but this I is love also it. extraordinary. It I mean, is. Because you have no idea what you're seeing at first. Absolutely. Not life. at last either, but it's incredible. Yeah. But life can be that. That's the life I, I, as a kid, I knew existed for me and I wanted to seek it out. I was, I was bored with, the, oh, so-and-so got a job over at the post office, you know. Oh. I'm like, I don't give a fuck about the post office. <laughs> I don't care about the post office. <laughs> now, the library's a different thing. Of course. Thing. Now, yeah, the yeah. library I love. I love the library. <laughs> can, we, can we have a, just, just a, a, a brief promotional moment for the library? RuPaul. Well, listen, now, on we, every, every episode of our show, RuPaul's Drag Race, we talk about the library and how open it is and how it's so important to read. That reading, reading is so fundamental to anyone's life. And I believe that this building you are in right now is the most important building in the world right now, today. That's right. Yes. Yeah. You know, seeing, seeing that last episode made me think of Im this image two, if you could pull that up. Oh, look at that. Oh, I love it. 
Oh, I love him so much, my God. When I was 14, I would, I would carry a magic marker with me everywhere I went, and everything that wasn't moving, I'd write Bowie on it. Bowie. <laughs> Bowie. God, so beautiful, Mike. Talk about a, an imagineer, someone who took the boundaries, and I speak, I understand. We all do, actually. When you're around children, babies in, in baby carriages, and they see something shiny or colorful, they're mesmerized by it. But what's interesting is at what point do we leave that Lo behind? Yeah. At what point do you, are you... That was you, my question about, uh, you know, continuing to have yes. idols, continuing to have enthusiasm, continuing to be transported, as it were. Well, it seems that something happens, a shift happens. It does. Where we just lose the ability to be porous. We I think at about 14, around that age, which is when, you know, it, it's so hard at that point because you're, as a kid, you're faced with understanding that you're being you're being pushed into the matrix and you there's a part of you that knows I don't want but mom I don't want to work at the post office I want to do I see colors I want to do the thing and it's at that point most people aren't strong enough or don't have the support system to uh, to carry through their dream and that's why I had to find my tribe who could support me that's why this show is so important because around the world you know my partner has a ranch in Wyoming which is and it's in the middle of Fucking nowhere. But on television, RuPaul's, you can get RuPaul's Drag Race on television there. And I think about around the world where kids who are at that point where they think, oh God, the friggin' fucking post office, they're seeing this show and they're saying, well, you know what? Hollywood Squares. Yes. <laughs> yes. Hollywood Squares. I can do it. I can do it. Just because you love him so much. Let's quickly show image one and three. Oh, it's so beautiful. Oh, I love it. And the music. I mean, the music still holds water today, you know. Oh, I love him so much. Jeez. Oh, see, this is it right here. This is the Thin White Duke, which is... I saw this concert. I saw the Station to Station tour in 1976. And, oh, so... That album is... If there are new kids out there who want to get introduced to Bowie, the, um, the uh, Station to Station album is a great entry-level album to get into. Yeah, it's... But they, these kids probably already know him. They already know, understand that, you know, he's, uh, he's you know... So he's I, have, I have two questions. One from someone who's in the room. Uh, I know the answer. And it's 362436. Yeah. <laughs> yes, um, they're real. Yeah, they're real. Um, and one from someone who isn't in the room. Uh -huh. What's the answer to that one? Uh -huh. Okay. Um, the, the one from someone who's in the room is from Elizabeth Gilbert, um, who heard you say that we are all just God in disguise. Mm -hmm. And she sent this to me. It's a very familiar idea to me. They taught me the same notion at the ashram where I studied in India. It's an ancient mystical belief prevalent in Hindu sh Shamaism. The belief is that God entertains himself in the universe by putting on a constant play, by showing up in costume, in disguise as all of us. And then God stands back to see if we can ever discover our true divine identity. 
when we do realize that we are God, the mystics call it a splendor of recognition. You can never be depressed or in despair again once you see it, which is what I mean when I say the ultimate cross-dressing, the idea of God as a cross-dresser, playing all these different roles in costume. That's it. I love it. That is beautiful. That's it. And, and it's such a huge idea. What's interesting is how many people ignore it and they want to play small. It's always amazing to me. They want to play small and why would you want to do that? You know? I love that. That's beautiful. I think that's more than enough. I will let it linger on. Um, John Waters has a question for you. He's, he's actually one of the judges this season, by the way, so... Yeah, really, yeah. Well, I, I had um, a magnificent time interviewing <clears throat> him twice, once in Bryant Park, where I put him on a psychoanalyst chair, chaise longue, and uh -huh. we, had, we had a session. Um, and once here to talk about hitchhiking. Um, different kind of question than Elizabeth Gilbert. It, it has, um, it's very, very short. Would you ever have a Drag King spin-off show? Hey, if, if there's a network willing to buy it, I'm all for it. <laughs> you know, this is the thing. You know, people... Um, people write to us on, on Twitter and all these things and say, um, why don't you have this judge or why don't you have this or why don't you, say, why don't you do this song as a lip sync song? I'm like, if you can get through to the publisher who owns the song to get it on, right, just do it. If you can get a green light for that show, I'll do it. I will, won't turn down a job. No, ma'am. <laughs> I'll do it, but it's, you know, and years ago when I was in sort of in a hiatus period, people would say, you know what, Rue, you ought to get back on TV. And I'm like, ah, as if it were that easy, you know. I'm like, yeah, okay, you know, but again, you can't describe, if, if someone's in the play, you can't describe to them, hard, it's yeah. hard. It's so, very hard. A drag king show? Yeah. We have the executive, some logo here. Can you green light it now? You know. Sure, I'll do it. But again, you know what? And people talk about policy, political policies, and why people are so angry. You know what? And, I, and this is why I love movies like The Sixth Sense and The Angel Heart, where the protagonist goes to look for the killer only to find out that the killer is the protagonist. You are the architect of this dream. If you're angry with what the policy is, look inside yourself. And I, I, this, is, this is made touchy, especially in New York. You know, when 9-11 happened and everybody wanted to point the finger at you know, you know, the first thing I thought of was the terrorist acts that I cre create on myself in my own head every single day. And if I want that to stop, I have to stop it on a personal level, which is where all real politics begin. It starts with you. You right there, you. Every, that's what it is. So, you know, shows about, you know, um, there, there's big debate about roles for women in Hollywood. Let me tell you something. This is a, this, the, Hollywood doesn't have a, um, a moral obligation. They have a monetary obligation. It's not about what should be. It's about 
What are people, pay, who's paying to buy tickets to the movie theater? You, you see movies made for 14-year-old boys who have a lot of money. That's what you get at the movie because that's who spends the money. It's not about, a, it's not moral, morals. It's about, or what should be. It's about who's, who's spending the money. So drag kings, sure. Drag queens, okay. Drag doggies and cats. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. You know? Does that make sense? Do you understand what I'm saying? It's, that's what it is, you know. In, um, God, you uh, look so beautiful to me right now. I just want to, I just, it's taking everything I can to not tongue kiss you right now. Oh, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm really, I'm really so sorry for the restraint. But um, what, let's, let's listen to audio number one if we could. Oh, it's an audio thing. Okay, you're going everywhere. Audio, audio. Feel is what you feel, feelings are real. Put your mind down, push your back, spin the wheel. Feel is what you feel, feelings are real. Put your mind down, push your back, spin the wheel. Feel is what you feel. That's my new, uh, my new record that you're all going to go get. I must say, it's been an absolute pleasure to you dance just, I with bet you. you say that. Did you say that to David Blaine? Yes. No, 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 no. <laughs> yes, I'm sure he did. <laughs> I, 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 have a, you know, I have a question for you. Um, I'd like to... Another ask, question? Just one more. <laughs> Just one more. Where, where does this, where do you think this optimism comes from? I mean, because... I don't have a choice, you baby. Don't, you I know, don't because, have because a choice. My, my, for a very long time, until very recently, my father, who's 97, I used to often say that he was born before the end of the First World War. My father, I used to say, was one of the only intelligent optimists I've met. And until about age 92, 93, before wow. my mother became very ill, he was, and it, and it annoyed me because he was able always, despite everything, to see the positive in everything. And I, I kept thinking of Saul Bellow's wonderful line that we don't love because but in spite. Mm -hmm. And I kept mm -hmm. thinking, my goodness, it's so amazing. And then, slowly, I realized what a great gift to be able to see to the bright. Yeah, it's the Pollyanna thing again. It's like Tammy Faye. But where, where, how? How do you... 
it keep is, the machine going. It is your God self. The thing you read earlier of, of knowing that you are God in drag, it's remembering. It's like in the movie, it's, I get movie references, it's a, in, the, in Inception, where you have a little timepiece to remind you, what was this, like the, the, the animal farm again. You have to remember, wait, what was I doing? Oh, <gasps> God, I'm God, that's right, I forgot. And you have to, you need people to remind you that your father, he understood. It's the same as Polly. Pollyanna wasn't, a, she, she, didn't, she wasn't ignorant to the fact that there was darkness. She knew, knew that. She chose this, and she knew that the way to get through this dream, which is all a dream, is to focus on a person's innocence, not their guilt. And your father, that's the ticket. That's, that is exactly how it's done. He wasn't ignorant to it. He lived through, uh, you know, World War One, War Two, Germany, all of the, all of the things. All of the things that could make you bitter. Bitter, 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 bitter. Which is which interests me always is how do people who have lived through the worst, yes. the most gruesome, still, you know, I'll, I'll tell you very briefly a, a story. I remember going to Vienna with my father, where he was from. And seeing, we spent two weeks in, in Vienna, and he showed me, that was my dream when I was 21, to go to where he had grown up and gone to medical school and had to leave. And everything he showed me, everything he showed me had disappeared. And after a week, I got depressed mm -hmm. because it was a trip in absence. Mm -hmm. What he indicated with his finger, I no longer could see. And he said, but I don't understand. He carries he it said, with you. Yeah, but he said to me, he said, but I don't understand that you are depressed. I'm here to tell you the yes, story. Yes, 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 that's right, that's right. You carry it with you. It is with you. We're, we're actually living it again right now. You're, I'm living it through you. He gave it to you. I'm living. We're all living that now. It's all good. It's all good, baby. RuPaul, thank good. you. Thanks for listening to the New York Public Library podcast. If you like what you hear, subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Stitcher. And please leave us a review. It really helps us out a lot. You can follow NYPL on Twitter or Facebook and sign up for our newsletter at nypl.org.